1: Welcome to Deconstructing the Myth, a podcast exploring reasons why those who grew up in the American Evangelical Church are now leaving it behind. Today I talk with my good friend Rachel Harold about her switch from evangelicalism to Catholicism. Rachel was not someone who was dissatisfied with evangelicalism for much of her life and she wasn't looking to leave or to switch but deconstruction kind of snuck up on her and I think she shares a really unique and beautiful story with us today. Thank you, Rachel, for being here. You have been a longtime friend of mine. Well, long time, I guess, you know, since I've been in Derby a few years. Yeah, yeah. I've had some people I've known since college, but I think in this season of life, I've seen you a lot, been in a mom's group with you. You helped me do my first actual kind of podcast back in the day, which was was only a couple years ago, a year and a half? A year and a half was when we ended it, I I think, maybe. And I remember thinking, Rachel... As the perfect podcast voice. (laughs) So here we go. Everyone, our listeners will get to hear podcast voice perfection, in my opinion. Um, So thank you for being here. Rachel has five kiddos and a wonderful husband. And you've always been very, very devoted to God growing up and still. um, But you have switched from evangelicalism to Catholicism. And it was not an easy... Journey for you. I know. So, yeah, just let's get started on what that was like.
0: Thank you, Liz. Um, no pressure on the, po- <laughs> the, the podcast voice. Now yeah, I'm trying not to change like, my voice yeah, so change that. A thing. <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that podcast, didn't we? Did. Anyway. Yeah, that we was really good. A lot. <laughs> yeah, but it was a learning process and it was so fun. It and was fun. yeah, so I was really honored that you asked me to be on. Uh, definitely yeah. accepted with some. Trepidation because it, you know it's a very personal story. It also involves mm-hmm. a lot of other people, so it's not just my story, you yeah. know. Um, and so I want to be respectful to all people involved in this journey. Um, also, I know a lot of your listeners are coming from really different places of yeah. where they've gone with their journey with God. Maybe they've been wounded by the church, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sensitive to that, and I want to be as sensitive as possible, but but also be as direct as possible too. Yeah. So. I hope people
1: are blessed by the conversation. (laughs) Yeah. And I hope so too, because I I will tell you when it comes to Catholicism, I had like, I've written that off my whole life. I think like you honestly had. And you were the first person that I was like, oh, well, if Rachel is legitimately (laughs) considering this, I must have missed something because you are so well read, so thoughtful, so legitimately like seeking to be objective. And that's something... We all want to say we're that, but you're one (laughs) of the few people that I feel like really, really get close do you know what i mean yeah thank you thank you i
0: have to thank my husband for a lot of that too a lot of that's yeah. been growth where he's he's very objective and so he's had to push me to <laughs> to ask those questions because yeah. i i do can be more emotional you know mm. and and because we are humans and emotions are good that's not yeah. to say emotions are bad yeah but he, he he was really one of those people that made me kind of go wait a sec like yeah. this argument you're giving you're kind of being really emotional you're not really looking at any of the facts or really being logical about mm. it so that was yeah. also a very humbling process yeah. that's what I would say this whole process has been so humbling um because I thought I just I thought I had figured it out you yeah. know obviously I had questions about things but I I was like okay yeah I'm going down the right path yeah. I'm gonna keep pursuing God okay mm. and then to be like hit in the face with like wait a sec there's some big things that you missed was like oh it was hard okay, I have to reckon this. Yeah. And and it was a reckoning. Um, it was a really painful journey, one of the hardest things I've ever experienced. Um, but also one of the most profoundly spiritual experiences. And I don't mean to boil it down to like a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. I know we use all these cliche terms in Christianity. Yeah. But it was truly a life-changing event for me that um, affected me to my core
1: okay but you did not start catholic no at all so tell Mm -hmm. us how uh, what your childhood faith was like what you you know what it was like before i grew up in an evangelical protestant home
0: i would say um with more baptist traditional leanings Mm -hmm. fundamental baptist um although the church i went to was would would be considered just non-denominational bible church okay um and went to christian school Mm. Um, very thankful for my Christian worldview that was instilled in me. Um, you know, while there are certain things that might have been damaging, um, overall, when I look back at my upbringing, I don't look at it with bitterness. Mm. Um, there's things that I wish, like, oh, I wish this was presented differently or whatever, but I don't. Um, I I'm thankful for all the people that poured into my life, particularly my parents. Mm. Um, my dad passed away eight years ago just an incredible, humble man um, who was really probably the first person to ever teach me about like pursuing truth, but like researching. And we loved Mm. to talk about the Bible, talk about history. I mean, just it was he really was such um, an amazing man. And he could just look at you and love you for who you are. Mm. And then my mom has always been really, Intentional to live a life that's honoring to Christ. She's always been one to study scripture. We saw that often. She was often reading her Bible and then talking to us about it. So I'm really appreciative of all the effort she put into her relationship with Christ, but then also passing that on to us. So when I converted, although she didn't agree with my decision to become Catholic, she's still been willing to have conversations to get my perspective and to ask me um, how I have come to these conclusions so it's it's really been super important to me that she's been willing to still have those dialogues and to talk with me and to to care for me and love me and so i'm really thankful for that mm. and so i think that set me up for success when people are met with such resistance when they begin to ask these questions mm. about god oh does god exist um mm-hmm. is the bible truly the word of god you know all this yeah. stuff and and then there's this fear i think because maybe when we don't know the answer or maybe we're afraid of where somebody might go and so we push back really hard with like we just need to believe it by mm. faith and I don't think that's satisfactory to most people.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I think some people are very gift have been gifted with faith. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And so some people are okay with that. And I think that that goes to show you that God creates people uniquely. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those that do have those big questions, yeah. um, it can be a painful process. Um, but I didn't necessarily ever struggle with like existence of God questions. Okay. Um. You know, I'd heard some of the, the, the philosophical arguments and was pretty satisfied. Like, I just, that was never necessarily part of my journey. Okay. More so my husband's journey in, not as the existence of God, but he did look into a lot more of those philosophical um, arguments than I did. Okay. Um, so, but very thankful for my upbringing. However, I would say there's some, certainly some legalism in that. Mm. Um, so, there was a lot of conflicting things um, where it was like, this is what you need to do but this is what this says. And I'd be like, wait a sec. And so I, I had a lot of pushback. Um, I, you know, pe- with like pastors and stuff and would be like, well, what about this? And they'd mm. be like, well, you're being kind of, you know, you're being rebellious. You have a bad attitude about this. And, and truly my heart wasn't to be that way, mm. but that was kind of what was always, it always felt like kind of disregarded, you know, okay. like, okay. Um, yeah. she's just being a teenager you know she'll grow out of it or whatever like I don't know what they thought (laughs) (laughs) but thankfully throughout my all my growing up years my parents were very open to just chatting and talking and they're both they were both very faithful Christians my mom still Mm -hmm. is and um, so I grew up with a very high view of scripture, definitely okay. sola scripture, definitely just those those tenets of the reformation, sola scripture, grace alone, faith alone, Christ yeah. alone, scripture alone. Mm-hmm. Um so definitely very much of a product of the reformation. Yeah. And so had a very high view of scripture, and I still do. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm thankful in that regard. I, I do want to say I don't ever look at my Protestant upbringing with regret in the sense of like, that's what brought me to Christ. Hmm and for that I will forever be grateful Mm -hmm. and there were many good things that came out of it so I don't want it to be like oh you know it was just so terrible but you know of course people make mistakes we all do the best with the knowledge we have Mm -hmm. you know parents make mistakes teachers make mistakes pastors make mistakes there's grace though Um, and I'm thankful for that and I've seen God's god's grace in my life yeah. throughout this whole process um so i got married to my husband 10 years ago hmm. and prior to that um and we, you just an anniversary you did 10 years this month <laughs> yeah it feels like a big one yeah um we met through a, mis- a mission trip out of state and uh, he moved up to Kansas and we dated for three years. And during that time talked about all the big issues. I really felt like we were on the same page theologically. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some slight variation, but you know, he grew up in this conservative Christian home. Um, he has a different personality than me. He's a much more... Uh, analytical person so he's gonna ask those questions and just like obsessively like go after (laughs) things um and so I think he growing up felt very um kind of an outsider because he was always asking questions that people didn't really want to answer or when they did he just was like okay that wasn't very satisfactory but he kind of kept kept with it right but I think there was even in high school it was like okay come on now Like, there's got to be more to this. So different than you? Because it sounds like you did some of that. Some of that. But I was still pretty much under the assumption, okay,
1: it's all true. Okay. Um... So that that underlying core assumption never left. Not yet. really, but not it did really. Kind of for him,
0: yeah. It was okay. like I don't,
1: I don't know if I buy
0: into this. Okay, um, this okay. situation, which at the time I didn't fully understand where he was at. I don't think he fully understood. You know, yeah, yeah. we were young. You know, we were twenty-one when we got married, twenty and twenty-one. Wow. You know, so we had a lot of maturing to do, even as we got married. So after we married, um. That was a little bit difficult for us. Not a little bit. It was super difficult. Our first <laughs> few years of marriage were rough. <laughs> oh, man. Um, he really began searching for God, but was just coming up wanting with all these questions, particularly with Christianity. Just mm. like, not necessarily with God himself, but with like, okay, I don't buy into this. I don't buy into this. And mm. that was very painful for me because I was like, wait a sec. I thought I married this good Christian guy. Yeah. And you're telling me you don't aren't even sure about the authority of Scripture. What? Mm. And I was like, okay. And I would I pushed so hard, and I was so like just argumentative, and I get so offended. Mm. Like I took it so personally. I finally, after about three or four years, realized like this is going to have to be his journey. And mm. so just prayed for him and just said, you know, you got to lay off. And we we got to a better place as far as being able to talk about theological stuff. Yeah. But it was rough. And I was frustrated and hurt and was just like, what are you doing? Mm. You know, by this time we have kids, we're having children. And I'm like, you've got to figure this out. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to be leading our family spiritually. And I don't feel like you are. And you don't even know where you stand with these things. Mm. Um, so he had looked into various philosophical nihilism, different stuff. And just kind of like, okay, what is you know he settled on basically on deism okay. god created the world you know he is the creator of the universe but doesn't necessarily have any bearing on our day-to-day life that's mm. kind of where he was comfortable with and i think he wanted more but he was just like this is what i can say for certain right okay. Okay. <laughs> you know this is what i can intellectually mentally emotionally assent to Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> which was hard but i i was like okay so, um, fast forward into our marriage. It's about about four years ago. My brother gave, called us. I've got three younger brothers, and my the middle brother was like, "Hey, I'm looking at Catholicism." Hmm. I was <laughs> like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, Are you crazy? So you've uh, got the husband <laughs> that's going like this side of the just spectrum. Like, yeah. And then the brothers going like this side of the spectrum. Yeah. yeah and I'm going like, Oh golly. Um <laughs> And so what's interesting is he's like, I'm looking into this. I'm gonna take these RCIA classes, which for those of you that aren't familiar, RCIA are the classes that you would take to enter the church okay. as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't grow up in the church, this is how you would go through the process of being confirmed as a Catholic. So he says, I'm gonna be taking these classes. He had actually um started really looking into that the nicene creed and the the apostles creed and that's kind of what got him on this um kind of this vein of like why do we believe what we believe because Mm. i mean i say that most protestant denominations uh would affirm the nicene creed Mm
2: -hmm. so then
0: it's like if we start from this solid creed yeah that is christianity And then we go out from there, why is it that we are so vastly different? And even in high school, those were some of the big questions I had. How is it that two men of God, seeming men of God, can come to vastly different conclusions on a biblical passage? Yeah. And how is that possible when it says in scripture one faith one baptism one spirit one god and father of them all Mm -hmm. that's not making sense to me as far as denominations go yeah so that was a big question growing up because i grew up around a lot of denominations at my christian school yeah that was so i'd go to church and be like we are right but then i'd like hang out with my friends they be a different faith tradition and i'm like Hmm. okay well They're they love Jesus. You know (laughs) and so it would be like, so how is it that where are they at? Like are they saved? Or like Hmm. you know, there was just always those underpinnings of like, is that person saved? Do you think they know the truth? You know? Hmm. (laughs) Whereas Catholics were on a completely different yeah plane. Like there was I would say for most people I knew it was like maybe, you know, there could be Catholics that are saved, but it's probably not gonna be the norm. Hmm. Um, and so I had looked at Catholicism in high school um done a just a basic just look at it and was not satisfied with it and what i come have come to find out that what i was presented was pretty much a character of catholicism just these basic like this is what catholics believe but there was no work done into okay why do they believe this Mm. and is this truly what they believe um all of it was just presented from a protestant perspective which i found to be incredibly unfair yeah. And that was one of those things that reckonings I had to come to was like being academically honest
2: yeah.
0: about findings. And that goes for both sides of the aisle. Catholics need to do that. Protestants need to do that. Atheists need to do that. Yeah. Um, we think somehow that, we, that our biases don't affect how we view the world, but they mm. do. And so we have to be really careful to be um, intellectually honest yeah. about some of these things that are presented to us. And we have to really actually give them a look and not just go dismiss it Mm -hmm. um we have to be fair to both sides um and that's the thing is i i was realizing that i was always reading from that protestant perspective and never once did i read from a catholic perspective Mm. Um, and it was so funny like people would say oh well they say this in their catechism and so many times um when somebody will bring like a a scripture to you they'll quote a scripture like well that's out of context did you read the 30 verses before and the 30 (laughs) verses after Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we did that all the time with the catechism.
1: Hmm. Like, did
0: you pick up the catechism and read that section of the catechism? Or did you just pick two lines yeah. to represent your viewpoint? And we can do that across the board in any issue, you yeah. know? So I think in our society, we're just seeing a a, a move away from just academic honesty. Hmm. And I think that applies to your faith. Yeah. Um, And so I so my brother ended up converting. I went to the Easter vigil, which is when most Catholics enter the church. If you're like a convert, um, it's the night before Easter, mm. beautiful liturgy. I was really surprised at how much scripture was throughout. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, Catholics read the Bible in their, in their services. I'm confused. Uh, and that, they heathens. <laughs> yeah. And oh. I was like, Oh, okay. There's just so many things I just believed to be true and yeah. just hadn't looked at. Um, you know, and so I was a little surprised by that. My husband then started looking into Catholicism because initially he was like, this is, this is, this will be easy. He's going to think it's stupid. You know, my brother, you know, he's going to look into it move on with his life. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what we thought. And then instead. When he didn't, (laughs) and he's a very, my my brother is um, really very full of integrity when it comes to finding the truth about things. Hmm. And so in that regard, I was like, okay, if he's looking into this, I should at least give it some merit. Like Mm. I should trust his character that he's not just this willy nilly person that goes off the deep end. Mm. So I need to actually give it a fair shake. I didn't know what that would look like, but my husband was researching on his own. He said, Hey, I think we should go to the RCIA classes at the local parish. I'm like, Oh, really? (laughs) Um, He's like, I feel like that's where I'm at. I feel like I've done some research. I'm finding some interesting answers, but I need to just ask questions. I need to find out what they truly believe. Mm. Like from the source, from the source, yeah. And thankfully, we had an awesome RCIA director. He was so knowledgeable and so willing to answer all of our questions, which, to be honest, was very refreshing. Mm. That he didn't shy away from the questions. Yeah, he was like, "Oh yeah, I." I, He was like, "Why aren't you so? What's your? What are your issues?" I'm like, "All of them." Mm. And he's (laughs) like, "He's like, send me. He's like, write them all down. Give them. Give me every single one of your questions. I want to answer them." Wow. And I was like, "That's bold." yeah like how many people do you encounter that are like give me all your questions i'm gonna answer them yeah yeah, it's like so that was refreshing and that was the thing my husband said he's like honestly i'm finding answers to all the questions i've ever asked wow and not every single question but like he was just like blown away he's like there are answers out there Mm. for me my perspective was that um protestantism was correct that I just hadn't settled, found the right answer. I believe that the answer still lied within the Protestant church. Mm. Um, So when I would see issues, when I would see abuses, when I would see things, it'd be like, okay, that's human error or whatever. We just need to find a better way of doing it. Mm. You know, so I was always in this like, let's improve it type thing. Like Mm. surely this isn't the answer. Like I I really did strongly believe like this can't be the answer. But I didn't think it was outside of Protestantism. So that was shocking to me. Hmm. to reckon with that yeah <laughs> so um my husband entered the church i waited an entire whole another year before i entered and kind of just got to this place where i had to really honestly and humbly evaluate okay what do i believe why do i believe this are yeah. these arguments sound um are they in line with scripture mm. and ultimately i entered the church it's been a full year in june of mm. last year And I'm so thankful, honestly. Um, And the thing is, I wasn't necessarily looking for it. That was the thing I wrestled with God about. I was like, why? Why are you asking me of this? Like, this seems crazy. Like, this could not possibly be what you would have for my life.
1: Because you weren't discontent. No. I mean,
0: there was discontentment here, you know, about things. But I was not looking to change my yeah. faith tradition yeah in the least in fact i was looking for every excuse not to become Catholic. Like by the time i converted yeah i was literally like going over the arguments in my head and going okay surely i'm missing a loophole here because yeah. i was convinced but i was like this can't be right i mean you and i had conversations yeah in your house where i was like bawling (laughs) (laughs) and just like how is this possible that this might be what god's asking me to do um that was painful um and and it was really hard on my family yeah um i love my family so much and we're we are still very close and Um, by family you are
1: talking about kind of your mom
0: extended family yeah Yeah, grandparents mom aunts and uncles cousins um so that was really hard on them because, of course, if you don't believe something's true and you see somebody pursuing it, it's painful, mm-hmm. especially if you've poured into somebody's life. Um, you know, also my um, just the faith community I grew up with. I, you know, I felt like I'd established a nice reputation. Mm-hmm. Right, people pleasing is a is a big thing of mine. Yeah, um, and that. <laughs> kind of becoming Catholic flew in the face of that. It was really painful. Not to say that I am have been released from the grips of people pleasing, but mm. I mean I've God's really done a lot of work on that. Yeah. But I, it was hard to reckon like, man, I'm doing like character suicide here because yeah. people are going to think I'm crazy or they're going to think I just left God. And that's been, I think, a lot of people's response is like, oh, sh- man, she, she really got away from God. Yeah. You know, when they find out that I'm Catholic. It, this just
1: <laughs> cracks me up because you've got to know. I mean, there's people <laughs> out there who hear this and they're thinking, oh, she went Catholic. She's like more Christian somehow. <laughs> it's not a lot of, I mean, a lot of the outside the faith community That's Mm -hmm. how they view it. Mm -hmm. But what I think is fascinating is when you're living it, it's almost like seeing someone who is completely walked away. Yeah. Which is wild. And I will say of the people I've interviewed, you got the most family flack and I only interviewed you know a handful of people but I just it blows my mind because it's like to, to a lot of people we're like oh she's more serious she's more and this is coming from us who don't know like all the differences between Protestantism and mm-hmm. Catholicism but it was like I should flax the wrong word but the the amount of family tension yeah you know is is uh, it's interesting because to a lot of the outside world well this is in the same family mm-hmm. you know yeah, but sometimes that's the most I don't know difficult is when it is close but yeah, different. Sure. So anyway, I just think that's really interesting compared to some of the people I've interviewed.
0: But yeah, I think um, it's interesting too because I think it was my, one of the things my husband said. It was like if I was converting to X, Y, or Z, or not converting, but like going to a different church. Mm. Oh, I decided to go to the Nazarene Church. Yeah. Whether or not you agree with all their theological stances, people were like, oh, okay yeah like they're okay that's interesting yeah like if you say i'm gonna become catholic
1: like, like a that's
0: the mortal sin but you yeah. know and so that just was kind of an interesting viewpoint Yeah, i think sp- specifically from those very conservative evangelical like fundamentalism mm. there's definitely that perspective of like what are you doing mm. like why are you going to the dark side mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah. yeah so that was harsh you know that yeah. was hard to reconcile um you know, yeah. with being like, I feel like I've done the things that God wants me to do and now people are viewing me
1: yeah. so differently.
0: And I had to really wrestle with like, who do I, whose opinion do I care about? Yeah. Like truly, do I pick care what God wants me to do or do I care what my friends growing up,
1: yeah.
0: my family, my, you know, the people who mentored me, like, is that what I'm really basing my identity on yeah and um that was that was a reckoning for sure so i entered um one of the things i want to say too is like this while my husband was pursuing catholicism i saw such a huge change in him i just saw him becoming like the thing i'd prayed for so fervently (laughs) he was becoming and it was very disconcerting to me you know there was a lot of dissonance there because i was like wait a second. He's pursuing Catholicism, but yet he's growing towards Christ. Hmm. Huh? And so I just, he was leading our family in prayer. He was, you know, spiritually just really trying to come into those things that he'd been, you know, missing out on for quite a f- few years. Hmm. And um, I can tell you that our marriage has changed. We went through a really rough time last year in our marriage. And um, I can I can say that I think really truly be a converting and becoming catholic is what saved our marriage wow um and so we also have our fifth baby yep because uh, you know catholics <laughs> and their viewpoints on, uh. on on nfp and those things which i love that subject but i yeah. won't get into it today um but i just see so much of god's grace within that and him just yeah. like resting the control of like just just ripping the you know yeah. my fingers off at of each thing and like hey like you have to actually let me have control of your life.
1: Yeah. And it, that's not fun. No. Um, at and, all. And yeah. And I know, I remember for you, there were these few topics that you were just really like, I can get on board with a lot. But there's some that you were just like, I I don't know if it doesn't check out. I cannot do it. And so could you briefly give yeah, us yeah. just a few of the toughest um, Catholic beliefs um, I, or, or doctrine? I don't know what you would call the correct tenets, whatever you would mm-hmm. call it, that were the most troublesome for you.
0: Yeah. Some of them, like the dogmas is what Catholics call it. These okay. things that you must believe in order to yeah. be a okay. Catholic in good okay. standing. Like these are things you must assent to. Okay um uh their thoughts on mary i'm um, always been told like he, they worship mary well mm-hmm. no they venerate her because she gave birth to jesus and and mm-hmm. i could get into that um salvation okay what's the? how does salvation truly occur justification by faith through grace alone mm-hmm. um you know obviously those five solas of the reformation sola fide sola, uh, faith alone um, soul scriptura, mm-hmm. only, you know, scripture alone. And so um, there's all these issues. I had a pretty much an issue with all of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. But I think ultimately for the sake of time, it, it boils down to authority. Okay.
1: And let's, because I, I wanted to ask you about this anyway. So the big, big tension usually between evangelicalism, well, which usually is Protestant, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is the idea of sola scriptura, which is, it is just me in the Bible. That is what is needed to really start hearing God's voice. Of course they would say you need to be in community. Mm -hmm. Um, but I say, of course not, not all of them do (laughs) actually, but I think kind of the broader view is yes, you do need to be in community so that it can be a check on you. However, the word is sufficient. Mm -hmm. And so the story goes well catholics are adding to that they're saying no you need to have an authority a tradition well a man mm-hmm. the, pope. <laughs> the pope and you know the whole the whole office you i i do not understand it as well as i should at this point because we've had a, quite a few discussions on this but there is a structure of human beings that also plays into hearing and interpreting this correctly and so Protestants say no I don't need that I need the word and I need God and so I know from what you've said you grew up thinking that way Mm -hmm, yeah that is definitely where I've come from too so what was that journey like taking a second look at that and what did you find um I think I fall
0: on this whole authority thing because I think it's kind of the linchpin of the of the whole thing okay because really whatever you establish as your authority is going to inform how you live your life Mm -hmm. no matter what your belief system is whether yeah. that's atheism or anything. I yeah. mean, it comes down to who is the person that makes the final ruling mm. on what I believe and what I do not believe. Yeah. And so, um, it was, what's interesting is like, I, like you said, I had always been told, okay, Catholics are only tradition and Protestants are only scripture mm. and they're just in complete contradiction, which is such a poor, <laughs> view it's a very very understated way like you know it's just like such yeah. a simplified view of things so catholics would actually it's actually more like a three-legged stool okay okay it's sacred scripture sacred tradition and by tradition that's a big tree tradition there are lots of little traditions to Catholicism
2: yeah
0: um same with baptists same with nazarenes like we have these various ways we do things yeah. um that aren't necessarily integral to the faith but sacred tradition sacred scripture and the magisterium which Mm. is the teaching office of the church Mm -hmm. um it's basically the living breathing portion of the church um because it's you know the bible was written two thousand years ago and it doesn't make it any less relevant but because there are cultural things that come along we need a living breathing organism that's interpreting scripture in real time hmm. um now the magisterium cannot go against scripture that's kind of one of the big fallacies yeah. that people oh well you just do over scripture it's like no the whole point of the magisterium is to be true to the deposit of faith that was given to the apostles hmm. so it's in a real time living breathing organism that's saying okay yes this is what script, we are going to affirm what scripture says. This is what this means. And mm-hmm. so throughout history, that's why you've had the councils, which interesting enough, Protestants affirm the first six ecumenical councils. Typically, yeah. I think it's the first six. Um, so at what point it's like, where did we get off here? If mm-hmm. up into this point where we're all like, okay, we're, we're coming along, we're going here. And yeah. then all of a sudden it was like, you know, schism. Yeah. With the... With With the Reformation, yeah. Because
1: Martin Luther brought up some things that were an issue, and and you would even agree with that, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. I do think that Martin Luther brought up some valid concerns over abuses that were taken Place in the church particularly in regards to so much pride and so much greed um, that was taking place but it really is important to note that the church never changed its doctrinal stance um even during the reformation but there have been times where they've needed to clarify teaching um or you know make sure that it is clear because there's reasons for things not being relayed correctly it might be human error where maybe somebody didn't didn't relay it to the people correctly or maybe even an issue of sin where people aren't actually following through with what they say they believe they're doing something differently and so certainly throughout the church's history there have definitely been cases where you know people were not doing what they were supposed to but they had to really take the time to examine these issues that were brought forward by Luther and at other times in history and say, okay, are we staying true to the deposit of faith? Um, So the magisterium is interpreting and proclaiming what's found in scripture and tradition, and then they help apply it to a modern context. And so that's a really painstaking job to stay true to that. So throughout the years, issues have come up, and they've had to evaluate and really see if this is what god would have through scripture um and the tradition of the church as a whole and um even with the martin luther situation they did issue a response to him and it was called a papal bull and it refuted some of his claims um so it's interesting that it's never doctrinally they've never changed their position they've just simply had to clarify things and make sure that they are not um going against what the church teaching is the idea that because Catholics claim they have the fullness of truth that that means they've never made a mistake Mm. is laughable and any Catholic that knows anything about Catholicism is like yeah certainly you know Mm. Martin Luther brought certain valid points to the to the front that needed to be addressed and believe it or not the church did have to course correct in many regards on certain issues because they were like wow yeah there were abuses Mm. um and I don't think that minimizes its Um, authority I think it just shows that God uses human people to do his will Hmm. Um, I think people uh, particularly Protestants are so uh, critical of Catholicism when it comes to pointing fingers but like I don't see that type of criticism on the other way Hmm. and I think that's where it comes down to too is like be be honest be academically honest and stop being lazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) um For in all honesty, like if you're just going to get your information from a 60 second TikTok, Mm. (laughs) I mean, truly, I actually don't really care what you have to say. Truly, Mm. I mean, beyond if that's all you've done and go, I read that, I heard this. Okay, where'd you hear that? Mm. Okay, did you look into that? Like, Mm. take some time to actually uh, examine the argument and and give it a fair thought because I think that's so unfair Mm -hmm. to try to sum up somebody's position in 60 seconds. Yeah. So, That's just my thing on academic honesty. And that goes for any side. If you've been emotionally hurt, I would acknowledge there is real abuse that happens in the church. Protestant, Catholic. I'm well aware of all the scandals in the Catholic Church. I'm sure that's brought up (laughs) quite often. Yeah, Um, There is abuse that happens. Spiritual abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. abuse. Um, So I'm not... um, not trying to be compassionate towards true emotional and, and wounds that have taken place, heart mm-hmm. wounds that have taken place in people's lives because of people who claim to love Jesus mm-hmm. or maybe people that do love Jesus, but that are human beings that make mistakes. Yeah. Um. So I, I understand that there are wounds. I've got, I've got some, you know, mm-hmm. but I would encourage people instead of thinking from such an emotional standpoint to actually take a look at, okay, what's, what's being presented here. hmm. Um, I guess from, as a Catholic, I want to say, hey, for all of you that have left evangelicalism and completely said, adios, God, Mm. I want to be like, hey, actually there's an alternative out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not what you, (laughs) so I would just encourage people, like, give it a look, Mm -hmm. you know, at least consider it. Um, yeah, it's, it's not going to hurt to look at it. Is it? I mean, if you're really afraid to look at it, then I think that should give you some some pause like if if that's the reason that we're not going to look at something
1: is because we're afraid of what we'll find yeah i don't want to be in that place (laughs) yeah and i've heard some people i've been talking to have mentioned you know that they're burnout on the whole idea of anything institutionalized when it Mm -hmm. comes to god Mm -hmm. burnout worn out you know and uh, so this is not a question we really prepped but you experienced burnout. I know. I watched it. Burned, burned out. And yet, for you, I don't think there came a point of like, I need to stop. I need to leave an organization or leave the the church. I mean, you switched churches. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember you ever stopping going. No. Do no. you think that there's a point where that's needed or necessary? This is a very off-the-cuff question. Or do you mm-hmm. think not necessarily? Because I've been talking to people that are like, I don't know if God's real or not. I'm going to sort that out. But right now, I just need to not be part of anything hmm sorry this is so random. no no
0: that's a great question um I don't know this is just the off-the-cuff answer so I'm not like <laughs> Perfect. I <haven't>, we'll match. <laughs> right I haven't necessarily thought about this so so please take it with a grain of salt you know mm-hmm. um I think there's a certain degree of sometimes people do need just like um separation from certain things mm-hmm. I I do know people who when they've gone through those things like maybe they did take a step down from the particular ministry they are part of because mm-hmm. they just felt like they you know they they weren't being authentic. You know, like mm-hmm. because they had so many questions. Um, I think it's a lot of his personality. I think it depends on like who are the people that are surrounding you too. Mm-hmm. Like you may be in honestly, you may be in a toxic situation. Yeah, you know. So I I acknowledge that. I think there is a danger though too, because um, if we were if we just go on the premise, not everybody believes this, but like if we do say okay, say God really does exist, and say God did establish a church Mm -hmm. I'm not saying what that church is at this point but like let's say God did do that okay then I see that as a danger for people just completely be like I'm checking out or Mm -hmm. I just need a break because it's like if God is still working through a church like I feel like you're really isolating yourself and Mm -hmm. if you already have these emotional wounds from these things then I don't know how isolating yourself further is gonna help to hmm. do those things but I mean only you can decide too. like are you in toxic le- do you have toxic leadership mm-hmm. Yeah, you know and that's that's the thing that I love about like Catholicism is while there have been some poor popes terrible mm-hmm. popes and there's <laughs> been terrible priests um you know terrible Catholics yeah. <laughs> as a whole they have held to this it's been consistent throughout as far as the dogmas that they hold mm-hmm. and so when it comes to these issues it's like okay i don't need to throw out everything
2: hmm.
0: like i just need to see okay where is sin coming in where is human error coming in and i don't have to because i think the next inclination of a protestant maybe when they're going through these really big faith crises, okay i just need to find a different denomination Mm-hmm. yeah And you can just go hop around denominations all your life and never be satisfied. Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest. Yeah. Because every time there'll be a different question. And honestly, the thing that I see is you just come to this uber-focused, like, little sect microcosm of Christianity that you've now settled on. And I just don't think that's healthy. Mm. I mean... Because then it just becomes up to you. How did I interpret the Bible? And I understand there's questions of, okay, textual criticism, different things. What are your hermeneutics? Things mm-hmm. like this. There are certain sound ways of interpreting scripture and unsound ways of interpreting scripture. Mm-hmm. But even even in that, even like with systematic theology type stuff, there's still these questions. Um, I'm trying to think where I'm getting with this. Mm-hmm. I am sympathetic to the idea that someone might need to take a break from things um, I just do think it can be, my thing would be continue to pursue truth. Mm. Um, if you believe that something is good, like if you believe going to church is good, keep going.
2: Mm.
0: Like it may mean that you need to look at a different church, you know, you may need to, to, to take some, put some distance between that, but keep pursuing the truth, Mm. um, and researching and, um, just, keeping in a prayer life even, you know, like asking God to just keep you humble. And I mean, like actually be actively in communion with God. Um, and I know some people may be at the point where they're like, God isn't even real. So why would I, you know, have this, (laughs) this imaginary conversation with an imaginary
1: person? So I, I'm, everybody's in very different situations but i do mean i I do mean people who still believe there's a god because i i feel like there's this shift away from any sort of institutional thing yeah i think so and um catholicism is interesting because it has uh, it's unified right Mm -hmm. and and, for all intents and purposes yes (laughs) in the sense of like the uh, who is the authority like we've been talking about and that's one thing that i think people i'm noticing in this kind of upswing of the deconstruction movement of recent times is that people are either like i need nothing i it it does need to become me and trying to figure out with myself and god or people trying to get back to the roots of things often do say well the catholic church is not splintered in this way i mean Mm -hmm. i guess you the reformation was a splintering yeah but um anyway i don't know where i'm going with that comment i just i just was curious on your thoughts of that i do have another question um as well that just came to me <laughs> so i'm just throwing them at you you gave but me an outline
0: and now you're going off i am outline.
1: going off the outline <laughs> it's Okay, this is true i love it. this is true but i'm sure you have questioned this before um a lot of people will say okay you know i can get on board with the authority and and that however there are too many non-essential things that you do have to accept in order to be part of the church i've heard that mm-hmm. assertion mm-hmm. um and i, I you'll have to correct me, I believe some of them are uh, saying things about Mary uh-huh. and um, certain things like that. That's really the only one that comes to mind right now. But I'm, I think that there's others. And people would say, well, these are non-essential. But you say, I have to believe them to be part of the church. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: I mean, I think a lot of that is coming from a Protestant perspective. So in some ways, you have to retrain your brain to not think in such a Protestant way. Okay. Um, I do think Protestants um, tend to. To kind of set themselves up as the ultimate authority, basically, they would say hmm. it's scripture, and I do think that yeah. people want to it scripture to be. I'm not saying people are trying to make themselves their own god necessarily, but I think, unfortunately, more and more
1: what you see is you're the authority. Because it's you not have scripture. to interpret it. Yeah, there's no way to to apply the Bible to life without interpretation. Yeah, so it becomes <laughs> the church of Rachel, the church mm. of Liz, and it's
0: like, I find a huge danger in that interesting because we live in a post-modern society and i do see a lot of marxist underpinings in the way in which we approach faith um obviously interesting <laughs> i sorry that's a huge no, can of worms yeah but honestly like marxism at its core is okay we're gonna resist the aristocracy mm-hmm. Aris- aristocracy that, no, that word? that word i'm going for <laughs> we're gonna resist that yeah. And we're gonna power to the people, right? Type mm-hmm. thing. And it's like, you're, it's all like this whole, okay, self, self actualization. That's humanism, really. But these mm. Marxist <laughs> ideology, I really do think, has been, has played a huge role in deconstructionism. And I, while I think people initially go, oh, I was wounded. Yeah. There's a lot of bad things with the church. I can't be a part of this. I'm gonna just, forgo this or maybe they have some type of spirituality Mm. um because deep down they do feel like there's a god but they're still like i don't i can't reckon any of these 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 institutionalized things i don't think they realize how much their theology is being swayed by the humanistic ideology of our day Hmm. um i I really believe that pretty strongly um so it's like the i think the pull right now is just to like Let's get rid of all institutions. I mean, we see that in media yeah. right now. Yeah. Okay, you know, the patriarchal society, like, down with the patriarch. Yeah. You know, we just see this pushback. So I think it's a natural inclination for humans to want to set themselves up as God. Hmm. Um, that's what Satan did in the garden, you know, from the beginning. Hmm. He said, did God really say? Hmm. You know, and so I think it's part of our human nature to go, man, I like the idea that I can be my own authority. Mm -hmm. sure this is great this is perfect I mean Maslow's hierarchy of needs okay that what's the pinnacle Mm -hmm. self-actualization what even is that Mm. what is self-actualization like it's (laughs) like it's such a it's I don't know in my personal opinion I think that we have not given especially evangelicalism has not given a close enough look at how are the ideologies of our time influencing young people and maybe not so young people Mm -hmm. in how they view God, in the ways in which they think that things need to be sorted out. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are some great, like Mama Bear apologetics, you know I'm a fan of them, Mm -hmm. Protestant source, but still think there's a lot of great stuff in there just talking about like how are the underpinnings of ideologies affecting the way our children are being swayed, our young people are being swayed.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, And I think that's worth a read, Um, Hmm. you know, for people to go, oh, because once you um, identify some of those lies, you're like, that's why I have such an issue with this. Oh, Hmm. it wasn't with God that I had an issue. It was with this really crappy theology that was maybe even fed to me as Christian or something, you know. And so – I think people need to take a really deep look intellectually, um, and that's not to say that faith is not a very big part of that yeah. like i'm not I'm not elevating intellect above faith yeah. at all. I don't want people to get that, but I do think we have to um, do some hard work
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, I see a lot of laziness in our society, I mean truly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We are really quick to accept a TikTok video, as I said. Mm-hmm. But we can't even take the time to read an actual scientific journal on something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that's the same with faith issues. Mm. Um, so honestly, all of these issues just go back to the authority thing. So yeah. you have the magisterium, sacred scripture, sacred tradition. Mm-hmm. And it's a three-legged stool that you have to be grounded in. You can't take one above the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, ultimately... I think, too, the thing that, I'm, sh- I'm kind of switching gears slightly, the big thing that got me finally convinced of Catholicism was the further and further I went back into tr- early church history, mm-hmm. the more I was like, wait, this is looking awful Catholic. Huh. And that was, like, hard because I'd always been told, yeah, so what we have today is, like, Protestant, and that's closest to the early church.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, that's what I would hear that's... across the board. But somehow every every denomination was close to yeah. The early church. So I'm like, uh-huh. okay, I'm confused. <laughs> it was a little confusing. Yeah. But the more and more I read the early church fathers, and when I say early church, I mean we're talking first, second, third centuries. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, wait a sec. Like they're saying some stuff that I'm, I really have to take a look at. Mm-hmm. And so, um, even like scripture, which I think all of it kind of rises and falls on soul scripture scripture. Mm-hmm. Protestants may be very very critical of okay well how did you get to the papacy which is like the pope Mm -hmm. the hierarchy of the catholic church how did you get to that I don't see evidence for that in the first few centuries Mm -hmm. which we can have that conversation I'm happy to have the conversation well do you put that same emphasis on scripture itself from your protestant perspective
1: because I mean you would know better like when we say the bible is authoritative Yeah. What do you mean by that?
0: Because like the New Testament wasn't formally canonized until the councils of Hippo in 393 and the councils of Carthage in 397.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. We're talking the first several hundred years. Yeah. We didn't even have, not to say that they didn't already have some agreement on things. I'm not saying it was like they were just floundering with no scripture, Mm -hmm. but it was the bishops (laughs) that Mm. were, you know, shepherding these people. And they were holding fast to the, the things that the apostles gave them. In Second hmm. Thessalonians, it says, hold fast to the things that I've taught you both in written and spoken word. Hmm. So that was a big verse for me that I was like, wait a sec. It, why are they talking about spoken things? So clearly that would indicate that there are things that the apostles spoke verbally, hmm. orally, oral tradition that were being upheld. Yeah. So until like the scripture was fully canonized, yeah. What was the church doing? So it's very. I think there just needs to be the same amount of scrutiny from both sides.
2: Mm.
0: Whatever position you end up on, that's between you and God. Mm-hmm. But like to go to have such this uber scrutiny on like the papacy and all these things, yeah. And say like, well, how did you get your authority? I would ask, how do you have your authority? Yeah. You know,
1: and it's easy for people to say, oh, it's well, my authority is the Bible, like you've kind of said, yeah. Me, but that I think that I just want to emphasize, I do think it's important to say like we've said, you cannot read that without a lens. Mm-hmm. You cannot. And I just, that's something that I really, I don't know. We think we can read that objectively and we can't. And so it sounds like Catholics are saying, we have decided this lens and we are very carefully picking who is in the lens to a degree. Is that correct? Like,
0: Yeah. Um, are we staying true to the deposit of faith? Are we reading, are the, the, the dogmas, the doctrines that mm-hmm. we are affirming, are they, do they... Meet the standards of the the faith as a whole, the scripture as a whole. Mm. Um, I all Catholic dogmas are grounded in scripture, either explicitly or implicitly. Mm. That implicitly is where a lot of Protestants will hit. You yeah. know, some of those Marian dogmas, those different things. Oh well, how did you get that? That's not in scripture. Yep. You not know, true. different yeah. things. So, but it's like you have to look at things from a historical context. And people, I've I've encountered people who are like, well, I don't care about history. I just care about scripture. I'm like, uh, that's, that's (laughs) dangerous. Yeah. I think it, it, church history is a very important thing to look at. And so I was always taught church history was, was pretty much like, okay, first hundred years and then, okay. And then the scripture was canonized. We didn't really talk about who canonized it necessarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, we kind of did, you know, and then come 1500 with Martin Luther, Calvin, all these people, there was the reformation, 95th, ninety five thesis, you know. Mm There was really no um, deep dive into like, okay, early church fathers, Augustine, Hmm. um, Ignatius, these different, Polycarp, these different people. What did they believe? What were their writings? Clement of Rome. Mm -hmm. What are they writing in the first, second, third centuries and on about the faith? And I just got to the point where I was like, this is too convincing to Hmm. ignore I cannot in good conscience conscience ignore this hmm. and that was really hard because yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ignore it Yeah. but um so yeah that's kind of where I what ultimately ended up was just like where's final authority lie yeah and why does it lie there and um it, it informs how you do your faith
1: yeah so as we wrap up, I I think it would be interesting for listeners to hear what has been one of the most life giving things about your conversion to Catholicism. Because, as I I think in one of my interviews um, with Jenny or Kenny, one of the people who went to Orthodoxy, mm-hmm. we talked about how a lot of people view both orthodoxy and Catholicism is like this dead thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. That's a word that comes to mind for evangelicals. And I've heard you use the word life-giving. So what has been one of the most life-giving perspective shifts or, yeah, changes since your conversion?
0: Um, So it's hard to, you know, boil it down to one thing because it really has just been so profoundly beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the biggest things is this sense that Catholic, the Catholic faith pervades all areas of life. Um, mm. there was often a struggle growing up or especially into my adult life of like, okay, I do my Christian faith. I go to church, I'm in ministry and all beautiful and good things. But there was like this disconnect from my actual, sometimes day-to-day nitty gritty physical life. Mm. And it was like, okay, I I'm feeling disconnected here. Yeah. yeah I know what I want. I know I want to be, um, in Christ and I know I want to be in fellowship with the body, but but I'm just feeling like in my day-to-day personal life, I'm just, I'm struggling with that. And yeah. and there were times that were, you know, more connected to God than not. I'm not mm-hmm. saying I was always just floundering. Um, I think what's interesting about Catholicism, because I do believe it's the answer, of course, I'm not mm-hmm. making bones about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I obviously pursued it because I believe it to be true, is that it has, the faith has all we need for life. I mm. mean, we're talking questions about gender and abortion and all these issues. Mm -hmm. We can address those issues. I think growing up in Protestantism, there were certain issues related to human sexuality that it was just kind of a hard stop at like, well, why is this wrong? Well, the Bible says,
2: Mm.
0: okay, that's great. And I, I agree with that statement, but like, can you give me more than that? Because we are in a situation in the, the world Mm -hmm. where authority of scripture is not a given any longer yeah honestly 20 30 years ago i could walk up and do door-to-door evangelism and you could say hey would you like to take a look at the bible and what it says about this and people like yeah sure i didn't know the bible said that because Mm. there was a certain underlying idea that the bible had authority Mm -hmm. we do not live in that culture any longer so then to say something is wrong based on the bible Mm -hmm. Most people aren't going to accept that. So it's not to say that the Bible isn't still sufficient. It's just you're going to have to really think like theologically about why do we believe that we are created in the image of God and that human sexuality matters. Mm. It has to be more than just a verse that I throw out there because we're dealing with real life living people who are dealing with real life issues that matter. And so these quick Easy answers of, well, but the Bible says, mm-hmm. is like, okay, but what? So that's the beauty of 2,000 years of tradition. And people say it, evangelicals say it in such a nasty way. Oh, yeah. tradition of men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, why is that so bad? The mm. beautiful tradition of the Catholic faith is you've got 2,000 years of doctrine mm. that you can fall back on and you can be like, okay, the natural law lines up with this. When we're getting into these issues of theology, the body, which is the Catholic um, document or the way in which you would talk about how we view human sexuality. You're talking about 2,000 years of people going over this thinking about this developing this you know Mm. like and grounding it in scripture so integrally so like for me it just like opened up such a huge world that was like wow every single issue I actually can fall back on the bible but there's also this tradition that just bolsters me the saints the different Mm. things come behind me and say yeah what you believe is true Mm. but this is why and I can actually New, you know i can actually articulate that to someone who doesn't put authority in scripture hmm. you know what i mean like i can actually have a conversation with somebody who's like i don't care about the bible okay let's talk about natural law hmm. let's talk about uh science let's talk about these things and this is why god has ordered society as such Hmm. um and so it's just such a like refreshing thing now it doesn't mean that i'm not scared to death of what our world is and raising my children Mm -hmm. in a fallen world sure there's a lot of questions that still need to be addressed and we need to do the work and it's not going to be easy and i think we live in a dark place i'm not looking at this through rose-colored glasses Mm -hmm. however it just has given me such hope that there's an answer Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: we can keep falling back on it. We can keep loving people. Um, It's just so relational, I think. Mm. And I don't say that. I mean, loving someone does not always mean you don't call them out on sin. Mm. You know, um, loving a lot of the things they talk about you'll hear this throughout the Catholic church. Loving is willing the good of another. Mm. And when we will the good of another, that means you are going to speak up when they're involved in something that is sin Mm. because it's not loving somebody to tolerate their behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we erroneously equate tolerance with love. Hmm. Tolerance just means you tolerate what someone is doing. It doesn't mean you love them because if mm-hmm. you believe something is wrong and you don't tell them, how is that love? Mm-hmm. It's not love. You would not yeah. tell your kids, yeah, it's okay to play in the street. I'm going to tolerate you playing in the street, in the busy street. Yeah. I tolerate that. That's not yeah. love. Your your child's going to get by a car. Yeah. And yeah. so I think we've. Society has just devolved in many regards. In, when, when it comes to ideology. That we think now. Okay I have to be accepting of every person's belief system. Mm. Because that's the best way to love people. Yeah. And it's like no. That means there are hard. There are still natural law. There are still truths written on our hearts. Mm. That. Have to be addressed. And so. Trying to wrap it up. The thing that I was so beautifully surprised by, um, one of the books that I read was Evangelical is Not Enough. You've Mm -hmm. heard me, (laughs) you've heard me spout this book, um, written by Thomas Howard. Um, I read that the day that I finished that book. I actually wrote in my journal, okay, I'm going to become Catholic. Hmm. Uh, This is a very long process. Um, But it's just this idea of reunification of the physical and the spiritual. Hmm. Um, In some ways, I see Protestantism as. Slightly Gnostic okay. yeah. <laughs> in the sense that, um, you know, if you look at the Gnostics, that was one of the very first, you know, uh, heresies that yeah. the church was fighting in mm-hmm. the New Testament. We see Paul addressing these things, you know, mm-hmm. um, which the, is the idea,
1: right? That yeah. the the physical is evil. It's
0: evil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. While I wouldn't say it's full-blown Gnosticism, I sometimes mm. see this idea that we've gotten so everything so spiritual that that physical connection has been lost. Mm. Whereas in Catholicism, we believe in the Eucharist. We do believe in the real presence of Christ. We, You know, people, the Catholics cross themselves. They genuflect, which means go down to their knee when they enter a pew out of reverence for Christ. Mm. Um, you know, we do these very physical things pray a rosary. People are like, oh, those are the mumblings of the, as the scripture says, of the pagans. I mean, we can get into that, but um, it's like, these are all very physically grounding things that reunite the physical with the spiritual. And if we Mm. think about this from a spiritual, from a biblical perspective, the incarnation is just that. It is the God of this universe coming down in flesh. And he lived as we lived. Yeah. In the creation story, it's like, and God saw that it was good. So mm-hmm. if God created the physical world good, yeah. why then are we divorcing our physical bodies from our spiritual bodies? Hmm. Marriage is a physical and spiritual covenant union.
2: Yeah.
0: And we cannot, we can't lose sight of that. Why do you think divorce is on the rise? All these things fly in the face of quote unquote biblical worldviews.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because we've divorced our physical bodies the reality of our physical bodies with the spiritual truths that God created those physical bodies Hmm. that we are made in the image of God. So our sexuality matters, Hmm. our marriages matter, our fertility matters. These things matter. Hmm. And for me, that was is been the most beautiful thing to feel like I've, I've come home. Hmm. I've, um, just grounded myself in like I can face the storms of this world and know that i have an answer and that god's not changing Hmm. it doesn't mean i have every answer nor does the church rule on everything there are many mysteries of the church and i think that's good i mean um one of the saints said something like a god that you can understand is no god at all Hmm. (laughs) so i don't necessarily expect every answer um but i am thankful for this beautiful deposit of faith that was given to the apostles that has been handed down through the church Mm -hmm. and is able to inform our daily lives today and it affects us and it actually changes lives. And so for me, that's the biggest thing is just feeling like I'm home and um that it's just so beautiful. And there's just so much more to explore and there's so much more and then there's so much less pressure. Like Hmm. I don't have to, these people are like, oh, you have to go to confession. You got to do these things. You got to do all these things. Yeah. And to me, it's just like, no, that's like awesome. Because it's like, I know what I need to do. Huh. And I can just live my life in beautiful simplicity of, and growing in holiness. It allows me to truly, practically grow in holiness through my vocation as a mom, hmm. through my vocation as a wife, in my marriage. My marriage is literally... Growing me in holiness towards Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the sacrament idea. Protestants often, some Protestants are fine with the word sacrament, but are so distant to the word sacrament. But yeah. this sacramental life mm. um, that you live, it just so fully encompasses, or it should. That's not to say every Catholic is doing what they're supposed to. Mm. Um, you know, I'm sure people have had experiences. I'm, I'm, I'm. Sensitive to the fact that we all come from different experiences, but this sacramental life, when lived out in accordance with the church's teaching and scripture, mm-hmm. it's just so fulfilling. Hmm.
1: Rachel, thank you so much <laughs> for You're sharing welcome. your thoughts with us. And we will be linking some of your favorite resources if people are interested in looking at some of these things we've talked about today. Uh, but it's been a joy to talk to you.
0: As Thanks, always. Liz.
1: If this episode was meaningful to you, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash deconstructing the myth so that episodes like today's keep coming.